What's up, everybody? Welcome to Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree. Sex positivity is just sweeping the nation. The evidence I present to all of you is, of course, the smash hit success of Netflix series, How to Build a Sex Room. Perhaps you too felt dizzied with excitement and giddy with joy when that title hit your Netflix home screen. Uh, the idea of bringing this subject matter to the masses gets me so hopeful that there will be a day that we can speak more openly, more confidently, and more compassionately about sex and the pursuit of pleasure. Joining me today is, of course, the interior design icon, the author, the sex positivity activist, and yes, the host of Netflix's How to Build a Sex Room, the sensational Melanie Rose. The thrill of all thrills for me, I must say, to our viewers and our listeners of this show, maybe you also experienced the, the moment that you opened up your Netflix account and you saw the words, how to build a sex room, fill the screen. And maybe you were filled with all of the excitement in the world and then consumed the entirety of that series the moment it entered your Netflix. I know I did. Uh, I am overjoyed. I am overwhelmed. And I'm so excited to welcome the host, the author, and interior design legend, Melanie Rose, to Licked and Loaded. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you, Laura, for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. I, I mean, there's a million places I want to start this, but just inquiring minds, myself being a someday Netflix hopeful, how has it changed your life having that level of exposure and, and viewing audience? Are you getting recognized everywhere? What's it like being a Netflix star? Actually, you know what? Um, I, I've actually had to ask myself that um, because I'm, you know, doing in my job, I'm very, very much under the radar. Um, you know, designing sex rooms for a living is not something I go around and shout about because all my <laughs> clients are NDAs. Um, but yes, uh, since the show, um, I'm, I've been humbled in, in a sense because I'm not used to people saying, oh, you are our icon. You yeah. are our queen um and i'm because i'm looking at myself going yes but i'm just melanie mm. this yeah, is who it, i am in, in in person um and i, I it's it's strange it's strange but it's also very endearing mm. and i realize now i think in, it's only been in the last couple of weeks really that i have a voice for these people you know dealing with sex positivity and, you know, how much the show has changed people's lives. Um, and that for me is, that's what I wanted. Mm. I wanted to be able to, you know, people to start talking about, start opening conversations with their partners. Um, so that I'm like, yeah, okay, this is a good thing. And have I been recognized? Yes, I have. I think the funniest thing is that um, I was actually at uh, Costco because I, you know, I shop at Costco. and yeah, I was in the car park and this gentleman, this gentleman rolled down his window and he said, uh, 
can I ask you something? And I said, yes, of course. And he said, are you that woman on that Netflix show? And I went, yes. And he was like, oh, my God, I just love you. Um, but nobody's actually managed to say, are you the host of How to Build a Sex Room? They, they can't quite bring those words out. It's always <laughs> like, do you have a show on Netflix? Not, are you the host of How to Build a Sex Room? Which I find quite amusing. I'm like, come on, you can say it. It's sex, darling. It's okay. It, it's, it's well, it, it's, we're starting to say it more in open forums and in public settings. And, you know, it's one thing to be on a Netflix show. It's another to be on a Netflix show that has this very intimate and personal uh, message in it that taps into a vulnerable side of people. So I, I was curious how those interactions would be when the public approaches you, because it's not like you're running into, you know, a, a the host of one of the many game shows or one of the many competition shows. This is something very specific. We're talking about sexuality and about uh, identity, individuality, and and you are a sex positive individual. So people must come to you with that, you know, level of oh my goodness, I, I'm meeting a god of sorts. <laughs> In essence, yes. I think um, you know I've always been very relaxed about talking about sex, and I think the way that people can relate to me is the fact that I'm very matter of fact about it. It's not a, you know, I don't beat around the bush. I go, I go straight there. And um, I think in some way that puts people um, at ease and gives them, it's more comfortable for them. Hmm. Um, you know, it, it was interesting filming this show, you know, just how much uh, people would talk about their intimacies, people that I have hmm. not met before. Um, and who felt very comfortable um, talking to me about, you know, their orgasms, their lack of, you know, their, you know, clitoral stimulation, um, you know, anal play, impact mm. play and things like that. And I think that's what um, makes this show uh, so unique and unusual is that um, people are talking about it. And yeah. I think the general public can see you know, sort of like the next, people of every sort of like uh, across the board, across the diverse range of people who you don't have to be a specialized, you don't have to be somebody, a type to have a sex room. But when the viewers are watching the show, it's like, oh, they're my next door neighbor. But look yeah. how easily they can talk about sex. Yeah. And then that opens that. It's like, oh, OK, if they can do it, we can do it. Were there instances in the experience of making just this this inaugural season were there any instances where you maybe wanted to go a little bit deeper or a little bit further in what you were creating for the the rooms of the the couples of the the individuals on the show were there moments where you had to maybe pull it back just a little bit and make it more accessible or more entry level to say the viewing audience or even the clients themselves uh, no, I would say not. I say, uh, I would say that I push the boundaries uh, for each individual, yeah. the individual clients. Um, you know, I'm not, I, I say I'm not there to shock people, but of course I fucking shock people. <laughs> you know, I'm bringing out a butt plug and, you know, yes. a pair of handcuffs and a dildo. And I'm saying, are you shocked by that? Um, <laughs> yes. I, I think the only thing that I, I was allowed not, I was not allowed to do was actually, um, for sake of viewership, was not allowed to bring actually a, a very lookalike uh, penis in the form of a dildo, right? You know, um, and because that would be deemed offensive. We're not there yet. 
We are not there yet, I suppose. But you know what, like I said, I just want to celebrate the start that we're seeing in the public space known as Netflix. So I'm going to applaud this. This is this is historic. And having you on this show is also historic. Thank you. Melanie, I'm I'm You're welcome. I'm so curious to know how this foray into creating sacred sensual spaces how this came about from a career of interior design how do you bridge that and then activate it in people's lives how did that come together for you okay so what general you know i'm an interior designer kitchens yeah. bathrooms remodels home remodels perfect lovely i can do all of that i was actually working with a client and i'd been with them for about three or four years i tend to have clients that stay with me and um they actually we happened to be in the bedroom not for anything other than to discuss bed linens you know how we were going to put a lock on the door biometric thumbprint lock and so mm -hmm. forth and they actually said have you ever designed a set room before and I was like no <laughs> no but I'm not going to say no but I'm going to go home and, and and research that and so I did and I, I um research research and research and, and things that were throwing up you know, when you say sex or BDSM, were really the 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 side that people shy away from because they're graphic. They go to that real painful, dark, dark place. But then, as I was, you know, pulling back the layers even more, I was like, oh, there's some there's some nice ones, but they're not beautiful. Why shouldn't that be something, a sex room be beautiful, something that could be delighting? Why does it have to be a dungeon that looks dirty and, and disgusting? Why can it be a dungeon with some class and some taste? Mm. Mm -hmm. So that's how it's sort of like... They need the guide. They need a guide in that. Yeah, so that that's how that came about. And I was like, why not? You know, it, it's it's pushing the boundaries for me creativity, uh, creatively, um, and I'd like to feel that I'm a very creative person. So I need to be pushed all the time. Yeah, and it's it's something that I think a lot of people have a deep desire or longing to include more of in their life, more opportunities for sensuality and exploring themselves, whether it is individually or whether it is within their partnership, but they just don't know where to start. Is it building a tickle trunk of toys and goodies, or is it dedicating a whole space to saying, this is where this kind of journeying happens. So my goodness, did you step into a very necessary, uh, uh, activation for people my goodness <laughs> I, I I almost feel like I you know I stepped into an alternative lifestyle uh, yeah you know um because with that you do research and you know it's good to experience as well but but sex positivity is something that you hold in your own life I mean it's it, it's who you are it's written on your Instagram bio it's who you are. You're a sex positive individual. What does that mean if you were to put a definition to sex positivity? I think for me, sex positivity, uh, it, it uh, you know, I think it also depends on when you were where you were brought up. Mm. Um, for me, it's being able to talk about sex openly and not being able to push it away and think it's shameful and distasteful. I think what's very interesting in my generation or my parents' generation when I was growing up. Um, really talking about sex was um, sort of like discussed through um, the birds and the bees mm -hmm. or reading, a, you know, getting your 
your your child a book where it's you know called Jack and Jill yeah. or it was you know the parents left it up to the you know biology teacher at school to teach them about sex but there was mm. nothing ever discussed about the pleasure of it mm. and what you could get out of you know out of out of having sex with another person it mm. was very very matter of fact um but it wasn't, you know, oh, my God, if you go to these erogenous zones and, you know, you feel a clitoris or you tap or you tease, none, ple- pleasure was not talked about, discussed at all. It was purely sex, procreation, and that's what it was. Yeah. And I hate to say it, in many places, it's still just that. We're pushing abstinence in, in school discussions of sex education, and there's virtually no addressing of pleasure whatsoever. There's, of course, the societal conditioning of shaming that lives today, regardless of you know where you are in, in this country. Um, there's a lot working against the effort of sex positivity. However, I have noticed that over the last five years, we are starting to talk about pleasure more, about seizing a more sex positive life. I live in New York City. There's a number of sex positive communities here where people can meet other members of the community and celebrate in all sorts of ways, whether you're just an advocate or an activist or whether this is your lifestyle. Um, I'm curious if you have thoughts or theories on there being a sexual revolution happening right now, uh, be it, gender expression and identity, be it uh, the actual kinds of sex and sexual discussions that we're hosting. Do you believe that there's a sexual revolution happening? I think every generation has a revolution. And I think it's really quite interesting that, you know, it's generally powered by women. Um, I think there is a change. I think if you look at society these days and our acceptance of what we're being shown on uh, on television, um, Again, back in the generations, our parents' generation, you know, where the television was turned off at like 10 o'clock or went off air at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Um, you know, we we now have access to, you know, streaming platforms who are pushing their own boundaries of what is allowed to be shown. Um, you know, is it OK to show uh, 365 days? You know, that was a quite yeah. an explicit movie all three movies were quite explicit based off books you know you've got um uh, television shows where you know perhaps i think it's uh um got is it uh, succession or is it yeah. the other one where you see somebody peeing on somebody else yeah. um in, in, and those elements of bdsm so is it is it becoming more acceptable i think it is uh for the mainstream media now um you know you look back in times when uh, ladies chatterley's lover for instance 1928 okay then was banned republished again by penguin in 1960 and then taken to court because of the obscene act okay but now look where we are now this coming december on netflix they've got the movie of lady chatterley's upper so i think we i think we we are seeing that sex talking about sex seeing sex Mm. is becoming a um more mainstream so i think it's becoming more um acceptable yeah i think it i think what happens um it's just we need to bring that into the living rooms and make it acceptable to talk to our partners absolutely i think that the success of shows like yours on a mainstream platform like netflix this 
helps the momentum in sex positivity actually, you know, gain more energy, more strength and reach more people. I speak to so many, um, like myself, people who are content creators online that are naked people online that, you know, share themselves in all sorts of expression and uh, their visibility is threatened. A lot of their content is taken down. A lot of the posts that they make on social media platforms are removed. They're banned. And so there is an ugly side of, of rising censorship that I do find very alarming and concerning because every once in a while it does bridge over into educational content or really it's a First Amendment right to permit us to express ourselves uh, as we see fit within the law. And um, so that does worry me, but it's shows like this and it's uh, efforts made by individuals like yourself where I go, okay, maybe we will prevail. Right. I think it, I think you brought up a really key uh, uh, key word there, censorship. Mm. Um, it, it's, you know, we, I, I, as you look at the, you know, the internet um, now and all of its glory, it's a shame to see that perhaps governments and individuals are now putting censorship on what people can actually view and what actually people can post, um, mm-hmm. which I think is sad. I think we, yes. you know, if you want to view it, go and view it, at, you know, at, at your own le- leisure and, and mm. enjoy it if you want to. Same with my show. If you don't like it or you have something to say about it, don't fucking watch it. I don't care. There you go. Um, move forward. Um, I w- I had a, a problem with my Pinterest board. Now, I have a Pinterest account, mm. which I've had for years. And I, I go in there and I dabble in it. And as soon as the show came out, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just create a, a board called How to Build a Sex Room or the initials of and then just put stuff on there that I see online or, you know, have been has been uh, um, exposed to media and so forth. And it was wonderful. And uh, I got an email. I had like 78, 90 posts on there. Wow. And I got an email from Pinterest saying, hey, um, just want to let you know that we've removed one of our bots. We've removed one of your pins because it's against our community guidelines. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. So now, and with the, the fe- with the faint threat of, if you do this again, we yes. will remove your board. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. You want to play at this game. So I wrote back to them and I said, dear Pinterest, you know, thank you for letting me know, da 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 in my very English way. I said, please provide me with a photograph of the pin that crossed your community guidelines. Because by that way, I can actually see what is offensive to them. Mm-hmm. And then I can, you know, take it on board and think, okay, so I just need to be careful. They sent me back an email saying, no, we cannot, because it uh, uh, it crosses our community guidelines. Like I'm going to be fucking offended by a pin that I already put up that they took down. Anyway, That's... they actually ended up taking the entire board down. Wow. I was, like, I was like, I'm sorry, you took down my entire board. So I put it That's... on Instagram. I put it on Instagram and I was like, these are this is pictures of beautiful sex rooms. I have a show yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. It's been, you know, it's global. Yeah. Anyway, I it's, put it it's, on it's Instagram. To... Yeah. And and I mean, you're lucky that it lives there because, of course, Instagram has also been a bit of a battleground for content yeah. that might even be questionable in any which way. Uh, but you've got the blue check. So I think I think you're invincible. You've oh, got actually, I just received I got that the other day. But, you know, going back to Pinterest, they actually reinstated my board. But that's oh. only because 
I got uh, pulled up by a news a news team who actually yeah. sent it and it went global. Wow. So that's so that's how I got my board reinstated. But why well, to, why do we have to go that step? Why do we have to, to go that power. extra mile to do it's that? To, because somebody else is saying it's you know it's offensive. Right. It's to hold the power. They they don't want to identify exactly what it is that, you know, breached the community guidelines. They just want to say that something you did has, you know, disturbed the force here. And so we're going to we're going to take it all down. If they keep it vague, we can't play by the rules and not get in trouble. They want to find reasons to get sexual expression and people who enjoy this part of their life. They want to find ways to keep us getting in trouble. Uh, and it's yeah, very frustrating. Yeah, but they want to keep us censored. censored. They want yes. to tie us down. They want to. They want to keep us in this box. Fuck that! I don't want to be in a box. I want to be out of the box. Yeah, yeah. I, I, sometimes I do like being in a cage, but <laughs> well, darling. Now, a dear diary. Melanie, I would love your take on how leading a sex positive life, embracing this side of yourself, uh, is, is life fulfilling? In what ways is it fulfilling? How does it uh, illuminate one's world in ways that they might not be able to comprehend in living, say, a sex negative or just outside of sex positivity? How does it change your life to seize this? I think it changes a life because it puts a different perspective and everything is much brighter and much happier. It's more positive. You know, we're not dealing, I'm not, I don't deal with a lot of negativity. And if I do, I try and push that away and make sure that, you know, everything about my life is positive uh, and good and is feeling good. And I think the uh, the way you can do that to yourself is, you know, A, loving yourself, uh, loving your body image, uh, not feeling you're going to be shamed by anything, but I'd also be open to talking about sex and talking about things that you would like to achieve. Mm. Yeah, having having opportunities to host those discussions, how freeing it is, how absolutely beautiful it feels. I agree oh, it's wholeheartedly. Liberate. It's liberating, yes. absolutely yeah. liberating. And it, it's almost like um, if you've, uh, you know, you've been brought up in perhaps a relationship that is not happy for you, is not good for mm. you, and you've never given that, that the power of the word no. Mm. Um, once you have got over that and you can actually say no, that is incredibly liberating. So, you know, sex, talk about sex and what you would like and fantasies and be open about it. That is like, oh, my God, I've got a weight off my shoulders. I feel mm. I'm feeling free. Mm. How exciting is that? It's it's a practice in in voicing exactly what it is that you like and what you want. And so much of our our pursuit in this journey is how do I get what I want? Start asking for it. Start talking about it. I promise you'll start getting it. <laughs> and my God, is it good? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. If you if you don't ask, you don't get. It. That's right. That's right. And and you know what? I think I wouldn't be able to call this a job well done if I didn't ask. Melanie Rose, do you have a sex room? If so, what might we find in there? Darling, if I told, that would be telling <laughs> if I told you I had a sex room. Um, I think what I can, what I can assure you of, which was totally unexpected to me, was the amount of sex toys people are sending me. <laughs> um, oh, get ready, get ready. <laughs> I, I'm, I, which is overwhelming. I never expected that, I, you know, 
I'm a designer. I, you know, look at sex toys all the time for ready for clients. I suggest things, you know, primarily I'm a designer that creates fantasy yes. rooms. Um, and then it's like another box has arrived from my manager. Another box has arrived. And I'm like, oh, what's in this? It's like, it's like being Christmas, you know, it's been Christmas every day since the show has dropped, um, which I think is absolutely wonderful. And I'm humbled by that as well. It's a wild world out there, all of the products available to us as human beings today. Melanie, thank you so much for your time today and for coming to play and letting us in and your beautiful life philosophy. For everyone who is watching and listening, would you please let us know how to find out more about you, your life and your work and uh, what online spaces we can find you? Oh, that's so nice. I really enjoyed doing this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what is the hang on let me just make sure for social media what yes, uh, handle what handle will we need i think you should probably do instagram um that's mm -hmm. probably the safest at the moment i'm not sure which direction twitter is going <laughs> yeah no one knows <laughs> you know with this vain threat of having to pay for your blue tick every month i am like you know what I don't necessarily need that. Um, I think so. I think Instagram is the way to go. Um, I'm very private on Facebook, so I've kept that as my privacy. Um, even though I've got two thousand people that are just like, "Can you friend me and stuff like that?" I'm, I'm, you know, please, please. I need, I need some normality in my life as well. Understood. Um, Understood. You know, so you Instagram. Have yeah, press uh, sneaking around and things like that. It's like, okay, yeah, you got that wrong. Um, anyway, yeah, Instagram, Melanie Ruthros. That would be perfect. Uh, wherever you are watching, listening, or tuning in from, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Licked and Loaded. Please make sure to like, favorite, and subscribe to this channel wherever you have found us. I'm Laura Desiree, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>